welcome back to Deconstructing Damsels. In this episode, we're going to talk about Bury the Hatchet by Catherine Gale. We're going to discuss what's going on for the rest of the year and why I was on a break for a little bit. And we're going to talk about what's upcoming in my life because it kind of talks about what's going to happen with the rest of the year. And da -da -da -da, featuring our first patron. So buckle up, enjoy the ride. And I know it's kind of a weird beginning, but we're back. We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast programming. And we're not sorry. I'm Harmony. And I'm Maggie. And we're Rebel Girls Book Club. We're here to take an intersectional feminist approach to books from all over the spectrum. Bestsellers, we've got you covered. That one book from English class you hated while you read but you can't forget? We've got that too. Comic books, nonfiction, it's all right here. So grab your tea, grab your blanket, and cue up your favorite podcast app of choice. Let's get rebellious about your new favorite reads. Hey guys, guess what? Deconstructing Damsels is back. I know it's been a hot minute. Sorry about that. Things have been a little bit wonky in my land of things. So I just wanted to let everyone know that I am going to try and have at least two episodes a month until the end of the year. And hopefully more than that after that. Because the big news, I'm moving. And I do not mean I am moving from like a state to state. I'm moving from the U.S. to Germany permanently. So I'm trying to get everything together. And once I get there... It'll be a whole lot easier. I think we'll have things done a whole lot faster. This also means that resident guest Sven will be my husband and I will probably be bugging him more for more people to show up, including him, because, well, he's kind of a captive audience at that point. In the meantime, the show's been on break because I had to move into a place where I really haven't had a private setting to record or do anything it's kind of hard when you're living with people that all have different schedules and it's not the quietest location like my last place was at the beginning of the year I have been reading oh my god I've got so many books y'all I probably got a list if you want another list let me know it's like 20 something books I wrote it all down I also went to the Decatur Book Festival and I'm going to talk about that probably on the next episode because I need to go through my notes and I need to make a little bit more up because this is kind of a spur of the moment, quiet time, have an episode <laughs> for everybody that's been waiting so patiently. So I wanted to let everybody know that. Um, the book festival had Tessa Dare and Sarah McLean. I hope I say your name right. I always mess that up. Blame the Backstreet Boys. Anyway, so... <laughs> I'm going to have that up as soon as possible because there were some really smart things and Vanessa Riley was the moderator and I think that we kind of need to talk about some of the things that were discussed because it's things that we see on Twitter fandom and we see in Romance Landia kind of coming through and in the age of regressive politics and social settings, it can be very nice to have a empowerment kind of conversation and by empowerment, I mean discussing why people write what they write, what we can do to change it, things like that. So that will be coming up probably again in the next episode. I'm going to try and tack it on to another episode so you guys don't have to have so many episodes. 
I'm also planning on doing a couple of episodes of Christmas ones. I have two books I'm reading. One of them I'm slogging through because I love you all. And the other one I haven't started yet, so I won't know yet. And then I also am going to do one with Mr. Me. Um, and he's also going to be in the next episode for Halloween because we I made him read a book. And I think he's going to kill me for making him read it because I slog through it and I'm a reader. He's not. So I'm pretty interested to see what he has to say. What else is on the agenda? There's kind of a lot of the agenda. Moving is my big agenda, so please take that with a kind of priority. I also have other news. I have a patron, guys. If you go to patreon.com slash damselspodcast, I actually do have one. But I don't really promote it that much because if I, I'm not sure how yet exactly. And I'm not sure what, you know how my audience would react, so I haven't been pushing it that much, but What's Her Name podcast is my first one, (laughs) and that one's an awesome one, because the focus is not just on women, but maybe women you didn't know about, and things you didn't know about, and the way that women have changed history, and what we've done, and what we've accomplished, and you know, it's not just US-centric, it's not white-centric, they've got quite a few people of color, they've got a lot of civilizations that maybe we don't learn about and a lot of ways that we've kind of ignored women's movement in humans progress so go give them a listen what's her name got a question mark podcast i mostly contact the podcast on twitter at what's her name pc and you can find the patreon at patreon.com slash what's her name podcast definitely recommend it it's a really cool project they also have trading cards which i haven't gotten because moving a lot but it's really fun really adventurous and like i said there's always somebody to talk about so give it a whirl okay oh also i finally bought a microphone that's an actual microphone i'm still learning it i'm still trying to figure this thing out so please don't mind any weird audio this time Also, any Jingle Bells is my roommate's dog. That's his collar. It goes jingle, jingle, jingle every time he goes up and down the stairs or scratches himself. Just run with it. Okay, so today's episode, we're going to talk about a book that I kind of got for free on Amazon, and it's called Bury the Hatchet. It's by Catherine Gale. And it's the Tulsa Thunderbirds book one, A Hockey Romance, something I haven't done yet, even though I love the sport. And I wasn't really sure how to review this, but I felt like it was a good one to review. And I think it was a good one to review because it was fun, a little bit, not necessarily my taste or my flavor, but it was okay. Um, I have some very definite thoughts about some of the characterizations and what happened I'm gonna like kind of launch into this and I'm actually gonna explain some of the plot line a little bit more in this one because it's almost an overly complicated plot in a lot of parts it's like three different plot lines rolled into one so first you have Hunter who is a goalie for the newly expanded Tulsa Thunderbirds and I kind of got the feeling that he was modeled after some of the ones from the 
southern teams like the Predators and the former Thrashers and the Lightning and so forth and Panthers and so forth. Hurricanes where people didn't know if the South was really going to want hockey. Surprise, we do. Of course, I'm not really sure how Tulsa counts as the South because I kind of think Oklahoma is the Midwest. But anyway, there's a lot of Southern things throughout, so I'm not quite sure how to handle that. But here's what he basically said that Tulsans were idiots. They weren't going to enjoy it. You know, they were backwoods, redneck, blah, 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 blah. Not great for your goalie and the newly expanded team when you kind of need the people to like you so you can keep having season ticket holders. And Tallulah, or Tally, is the former Miss Oklahoma. So she's a beauty queen that had a moment of impropriety in Cancun with, I don't know, kind of like a general level um not great representation for the state of Oklahoma type deal and she lost her crown and blah 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 and so they kind of need each other so it's a forced marriage of convenience and she goes along with it and Hunter is angry he's violent he's not happy Violence, not like he's hitting people violence, but like you can see it's kind of like simmering underneath that he's just not happy about any of this. And he kind of has to go along with it. And I go, and Tally is very biddable. Like she doesn't really have her own personality. He's 29, she's 21. And while there's not that many years difference, it's a huge age difference, I think, in that range and their experience. She's very sheltered to the world, whereas he's kind of been in the NHL for a while. He's been in the minors for a while. He's seen things that basically she hasn't. And honestly, it's just the power dynamics really kind of bothered me from the get-go because of that. Because every once in a while, she would show some kind of like backbone and some kind of ability to stand up for herself and then she became meek again you know and I get that's part of her character arc of growing but it really kind of turned me off because I like Tallulah um I think she could have been a really good character I just wish that she had been given more of a chance to be a whole character versus a cipher for whoever she was with and I'm also partial to the name Tallulah because that's one of my favorite names because I come from Georgia and we have Tallulah Falls which may be where Tallulah Bankhead got her name from. So I'm kind of fond of the name. However, I just, I couldn't connect with Tally. Tally had all these like schedules and being a beauty queen, she had like this. So remember in Miss Congeniality, does anybody remember Michael Caine's character? Yeah, her guru is the opposite of that. Like he's abusive. He, he railroads over her, he gaslights her, he works with her mama, and, you know, she just can't have a voice, she can't do anything, and he thinks she's going to run in the family, you know, once she gets married, and it's just, it's all way too much. And, I mean, her character arc is mostly about getting through that with the guru, but I just, uh, it was too much. It was too much drama all in one, because, like I said, it was like three different books in one. And then on Hunter's side, he's got a weird, complicated family. So his older brother is addicted to drugs. 
and he's got a nephew by his brother and the mother of that child is a sister of Hunter's childhood love and the mother died of a drug overdose and the brother has never been clean and there's all this resentment and I actually understood him a little bit because I've dealt with addictions in the past not my own but as a you know the other peripheral part of that and so I understood his timing but I just felt like it was maybe a little bit too much on top of the weird you know abusive beauty guru that ends up trying to kill her and her like there was so much more of that story and so Tally's father and mother had a marriage of convenience as well and it just it was this whole storyline that was very I don't know 1990s soap opera and it just it didn't sound or feel right in the midst of all of this especially when you get someone like Hunter and his brother Cade who are dealing with getting over addiction and you know kind of finally being ready to be done bottoming out and Callie is kind of like new to the family but still sticking her hand in there and trying to shift things the way she thinks they should be and and she doesn't have really any goals on her own and she's taking the year off of school because her mother told her to after the indiscretion in in Cancun where she lost her virginity to this one guy so one thing I really disliked about the romance with this storyline was the fact that so Tally has no opinions of her own she has no life of her own she doesn't do anything on her own and when they're going out to dinner for the first time and showing off the rock for the engagement and blah 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 blah, when you go through all of that like she doesn't even know how to make a decision on what to eat at her favorite restaurant and I definitely understood where Hunter was coming from because that's a little disconcerting if you're going into a marriage and the person can't even tell you what they like at their favorite restaurant because they don't want to make waves and her little bit of gumption really in the relationship was saying that the marriage wouldn't necessarily have to be celibate which makes sense right but it just I don't know it it didn't feel right somehow because he wanted it she wanted it but he was smart enough to realize that they would probably catch some feelings at some point and it would hurt one if not both of them in the middle of it and I thought that was a really smart decision on his part but I felt like it was maybe missing some stuff along the way which kind of sucked too and I really liked that later on she kind of came up with her own knowledge of that as well because she goes regardless I couldn't complain about it I liked it more than I should I was beginning to crave his touch a lot more than was good for me I wasn't doing a very good job of keeping my heart out of our relationship soon I would need to redouble my efforts but I suppose that could wait until we returned to Oklahoma it was at least going to have to wait until I sobered up for now I could just allow myself to enjoy his touch to enjoy him because this is when they're on uh, vacation and honeymooning in Hawaii at the time because they had a week or two before the season started or before preseason started so they could go to do that and be the the happily married couple that they were kind of trying to put out and I really thought it worked but I just I wish there had been more of that kind of relationship building between the two of them because again I really wanted to like Tally 
But I also appreciated when Hunter stood up to Lance, her style guru, beauty guru, whatever the heck he was, and kind of told him where things stood at the beginning before they even got married. Because Lance wanted to have a reality show follow them behind because, of course, Lance and her mother are living vicariously through her. And if she goes into a quieter place, oddly enough, saying that as a sports wife, then they won't get that kind of exposure and that kind of social capital that they want. And Lance was saying that it doesn't matter what about Tally's needs. And Hunter goes, if you dare finish uttering those words, they might be your last. I interrupted him, pulling the full force of my displeasure into my glare. Between him and Mrs. Roth, her mother, there would be there was no wonder Tally seemed to always comply. It had to end. It does matter what Tally wants. She's the one who's fucking getting married. It's her wedding, her dress, not yours. You just better back the fuck off unless you want me to put that thing on you and cut the slit up high enough that your limp dick flaps. That was probably taking it too far. Well, I never, Lance muttered, looking thoroughly scandalized. And this, by the way, is about her wedding dress as well because she wanted to wear something a little bit more demure and they gave her one of her repurposed beauty gowns because it looked good. Never mind, she wasn't comfortable, right? That doesn't matter. And when they also talk about the reality show, Lance starts, One of the networks came to me and offered Tallulah a reality show, the same one that will be filming and producing your wedding. I still wasn't happy about that, but at this point, it was out of my hands. What did she have to say about it? He blinked. I haven't mentioned it to her yet because they wanted to follow both of you. No. Now hear me out. No, I repeated more emphatically. If they're going to follow me during the season, they'd have to get permission from both the Thunderbirds and the League. Not only would I have to consent, which is not going to happen in this lifetime, but any of my teammates or opponents would have to give their permission as well. It's not going to happen. He huffed again. They're willing to keep that focus entirely on Tallulah, of course, but you'd have to agree. I'm not agreeing to shit, and frankly, I'd be surprised if Tally agrees to do this either. Oh, he waved he waved a hand through the air as if my objections were nothing more than an annoying fly. She'll agree to whatever I tell her to do. What am I agreeing to, Tally asked as she breathed into the door, carrying the dress in one hand and her bag in the other. And, and in that moment, it's also the same thing. It's where people are talking about Tally, but not to Tally. And it happens throughout the book. Like when she's going to see Hunter's brother in rehab, Cade, he throws things down at her because he thinks she's vulnerable. And I just, I don't know. I didn't really like it. I, I wanted her to stand up for herself more often. And I don't think she did enough of it. And when she did, it was for the wrong things. It was like going to see Cade, which not the wrong thing, by the way. It's going to see the person in rehab. But the wrong thing is is ignoring your husband's wishes and on why he want, he didn't want to do it. She just completely dismissed him because, of course, she knows best because she just walked into this relationship like six weeks ago, right? And then you kind of get to how naive she really is. And it comes down to her talking about her past experiences, you know, her one time. And in my experience, when a man wanted something, he reached out and took it. That was what Lou Bernetti had done with me in Cancun. It was what I'd seen so many times with my sorority sisters. Their boyfriends just went for it, but Hunter wasn't doing anything of the sort. His kisses were soft, gentle, almost apologetic. I didn't understand him. I didn't understand this, not at all. And I think that that's one of those relationship things as well, because she's sitting here watching media, which says, 
you know, the guy should be tough. He should be rough. He should be doing things that he does and blah, 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 blah. And he shouldn't. And I can see why she'd be confused. But it kind of pulled me out of the story a little bit because she is so young and she is just so innocent in many ways. And she doesn't stay that way, obviously, especially when Lance puts his hands on her. But it's almost vaguely a little bit gross because she's so innocent in many ways. And Hunter is not. And there's disparity of maturity there, I think. Because he's much more cynical. Hunter is much more into doing things certain ways. And you can tell, too. Like when he's talking about his brother Cade, he's very blunt about it. He says, "Um, it would probably be easier for mom to mourn him than it would be for her to keep hoping he would straighten up because he wasn't ready for that. It would for sure be easier for Kaylee, the daughter, if she grew up without either parent alive instead of wondering why they loved their drugs more than they loved her. And I understood where he was coming with this, but it's very at odds with Tally, who's in a goodness kind of rubs against his cynicism and I, I don't know it's just not one of my favorite tropes to read honestly I don't like it when a good girl tames a bad boy type thing like not like that like not to the point where you know suddenly he's willing to talk to his brother when he didn't want to six seven weeks before because they were at such odds and it just felt too rushed and too fixed and really went against I think what was the heart of the story which should have been Tally and Hunter growing up together and when he's talking about one time during the drug field scenes he's discussing one time where Kay did something reprehensible and you can probably guess what it is he ended up raping his girlfriend because she wasn't conscious to consent and that's one reason that Hunter is very much into the consent line he wants to make sure everything is okay I liked the way it was handled. I thought it was handled brilliantly. But I almost think it was a little bit too heavy-handed and and like kind of placed for shock rather than for anything that really worked, I think. And I wish that it had. Because I think it was very important in defining Hunter and why he, again, was so determined like they we were they were not going to have sex while she was drunk because there's no way you can consent to someone that is under the influence and I think it was one of his stronger character traits I just wish it hadn't have come like it did so there's one scene in the book that really disturbs me more than the rape scene oddly enough and it's when Tally is telling Hunter about how Lance left bruises on her arm and we don't know if it's the first time but we kind of get the feeling it probably wasn't because he very manhandled her and treated her rather atrociously and the thing that really bothered me was the line that Hunter goes it says you let him hurt you you didn't do anything to stop him and (laughs) The fact that he's blaming her for what another guy does, a guy she eventually has to like get protection from, really, really set me off to be honest because I felt like all that character growth with Hunter and that backslide really disturbed me because it is a big deal. And he's like, you know, when a man leaves bruises on you, it's a big fucking deal. And it is like, there's no denying that. 
but it's not his decision to make. It's not him in that situation. He wasn't there. He's going off that alpha protective bullshit and it just it really made my stomach curl to be honest and I wasn't too happy. And she calls it a protective streak and I don't really call it a protective streak. I call it more of a oh shit streak. Like that's a bad warning sign when someone blames you for something that someone else does. I don't like the caveman brain thing. It just it doesn't do anything for me. And it feels like she's transferring all her decision making with Lance to Hunter. Like there's no solidifying who she is really. I mean she's learning to cook which good because she was terrible at it at first. But that felt almost like a well it's a quirky thing. You know what I mean? Like there was nothing that really made her stand out and Hunter being an alpha hole sometimes was not very conducive to me enjoying it. That's not to say I didn't enjoy the book because I did. But I just did not enjoy that side of Hunter because it seemed very cliched and I'm not really here for victim blaming of women sorry so early in the relationship they decide to have sex which okay marriage and convenience don't really know each other but you're hot for each other so okay but there was a line there that like really bothered me because they went condomless I was like you guys don't know each other like at all so maybe don't and it comes out he and she says we were both tested before we got married. Couldn't get the license otherwise, silly. Uh, huh? In 2000 and what? Do they still do blood tests? We don't do that here in Georgia. And that's saying something because we're a little bit backwards sometimes when it comes to certain things. And I, mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. What? Who? What? Say that again? It just, it was very weird. And I had the same reaction about those tattooed handprints on his ass. I was just like... it it doesn't work for me and yes I've been resorted to making noises and it just so Hunter is her second lover and he's he's very patient and I'll give him that I really appreciate his attention to consent and stuff like that but I didn't really appreciate I don't know I, I didn't appreciate how like cavalier he could be as well about it and I okay so this is me being me and guys I love reading romance novels but I don't want to hear about a woman having like four orgasms in like an hour before she has her final orgasm again soap opera like I get it wish fulfillment but for me it throws me out of the story because I'm just left going okay but this is only her second lover and she's just discovering things and how and why does he have the magic cock and fingers? I'm confused. It just, it, it pulls me out, especially someone that's 21 and just learning things. And I know that Hunter's tattoo of manicured hands on his ass was supposed to be cute, a guide of where, you know, a woman's hand should be, but I, I didn't like it. Sorry. Like nothing in their sexual chemistry really worked for me. And I think, and part of that is just because, again, there was like three different storylines going at the same time. And I wish that more of it had focused on their relationship and their building and their marriage of convenience turning into something more. It just, I I don't know. It just, it, it was a book that didn't work for me because of that. 
Oh, and for a hockey book, there was a significant lack of hockeyness. They would go to the arena and he would hang out with the players, but there wasn't a whole lot of hockey. And I was kind of looking forward to a little bit more hockey because I enjoyed the... I enjoy it whenever I'm reading a sports romance and you can feel the, the male character, the hero or heroine, depending on what it is, grow and to get stronger and smarter and harder in their profession. And I didn't really see that with Hunter and that kind of bothered me because goalie is my favorite position to watch. Like, let me tell you, I had a car named Lucky. It was a combination of LA Kings and Canucks goalies combined okay like I was just I was there for it okay and so I just I wanted to see a little bit more and it was missing out and I kind of wish I'd been a little bit more of that involved hi I'm Sunny Hepburn and I'm Brandy Fleeks and this is Book, Book of Lies the podcast where we discuss liars cheating thieves scammers, and dirty, rotten scoundrels. So tune in for new episodes every Tuesday to hear about another low-down, dirty liar. And learn how to spot them. So that's Book of Lies podcast. Find us on your favorite podcast player or on Twitter at Book of Lies pod, on Instagram at Book of Lies podcast, and on Facebook at Book of Lies podcast. And if you want to send us an email... Send us one at bookoflivespodcast at gmail.com. Okay? Bye bye. Would I read the book again? Probably. Will I read another Catherine Gale again? Absolutely. I want to see what else she writes. I want to see her Seattle series. Maybe that one would be a better fit for me rather than the Tulsa Thunderbirds series. Because, I, again, I enjoy hockey. I enjoy romance. I enjoy that kind of stuff. I mean, one of my favorite movies growing up was The Cutting Edge. Doug Dorsey always kind of has a place in my heart. And when you got The Cutting Edge, you've also got The Mighty Ducks. Hi. Joshua Jackson was hot to me as a kid. Yep. So, I mean, I can totally get into the hockey romances. I understand the, the love of it. I just wish this one had been a tighter fit. And I wish that it had been more easily put together maybe I should say like it just felt too many competing lines you know like in a soap opera you know how you'll be watching like three different stories and none of them work together and they try to shoehorn them all together on the same plot line somehow at the end of it same idea not really a fan but I think that the writing was strong the stylistic of it, the the easy readability. I mean, I read it in like a day or two. So, and that was me working. So it's definitely something that's easy to read. And it's hockey season because it is October now. So, sports. I, I definitely would say that if you enjoy romances, you probably would like it. I think that it's one of those books that... You'll either enjoy the the drama or you'll get fatigued out of it. And I was, of course, the one that got fatigued, so I can't say a whole lot. But I think it was a good book to come back from break on because it felt light. It felt fluffy. It wasn't, like, overly complicated, even though there was complicated lines, if that makes sense. The, the writing, again, was very easy to 
read and to breeze through and you didn't forget major facts because they were you know like buried four four paragraphs deep and a chunk of historic text type stuff so I appreciated that all right y'all so that means the episode is done yay I came back and it's only gonna be like 40 something minutes if that yay I'm not gonna make you guys have all your earwigs earwigs I'm not gonna make you guys have all your ears (laughs) busted out I don't know I'm tired I'm enjoying my day off I haven't had a lot of those recently please ignore any of the the squeak squeaks please ignore any of the jingle jingles or please ignore all the faucet drippings because it's kind of that time of year all right I will see you next time with Sven and we will be reading a dragon shifter book And again, he's going to kill me because, man, y'all, that's going to be an interesting conversation topic. All right. I'm going to try and have a Patreon episode up this month as well. And that will be for a holiday book as well. Sven and I were going to read it, but we didn't end up getting to read it because I'm a speed reader. He is not. So I'm going to do that one probably. It should be up around Halloween. Until then, enjoy yourself. Don't get lost in all the soap operaness of life because the world is burning right now and i will see you guys or rather i'll talk to you guys soon and don't forget you can find me on twitter at damsels podcast you can find me on facebook at damsels podcast you can also find me on patreon at damsels podcast i try to be easy guys i promise and you can email me at damselspodcast at gmail.com see super easy all right bye guys